Hello, Prestige Heads, and welcome to American Prestige. I'm Danny Bessner here, as always, with my friend and comrade, Derek Davison. And we're very excited to welcome back to the podcast, Emily Temkin. Uh, Emily is a journalist and author of Bad Jews, a very uh, interesting and compelling book on where American Jews stand today and where they have stood in the past. So, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I should say the last time I came on this podcast was the only thing I've done professionally that has impressed my younger brother. So uh, it's great to be back. You know, we're we're working it with younger brothers all over all over the country, all across America. Younger brothers love us. Um, Yeah. So, uh, Emily, I think we'd like to start with with actually bad Jews. And and obviously one of the issues that you're interested in exploring are American Jews, was American Jews' relationship to Israel. So I'd love to hear, you could take it whatever you want, you could talk historically, you could talk more recently, but but what did you find in your research about the American Jewish community, divisions within it, uh, with regards to Israel? Yeah, I think there are, let's let's say three things that I think are really relevant here. Um, The first is that for much of the 20th century, support for Israel is one of the pillars of American Jewish identity. Um, and to be an American Jew means to support Israel. And this this really comes to the fore after 67 and especially after 73. Um, and what we have seen in more recent decades, right, so in the, the end of the 20th and especially here in the 21st century, is that um, that that pillar is, is not what it once was, right, in part because, um, you know, in part because... American Jews are are further away from the Holocaust and the formation of the state, um, in part because only half of American Jews have actually been to Israel, in part because American Jewish, quote, I don't actually think American Jewish values exist, but insofar as they do, right, they're they're liberal and they're pluralistic, and that is sort of at odds with the development of Israel's political culture for the most part. So that's one thing to keep in uh, th- those those sort of twin ideas, right? That this was really important and unifying and central, and that that has been challenged more recently before October seventh, particularly with younger generations, though not not only. I think are two important things to keep in mind. I think that especially in the in recent years and especially in the past year, we saw not just young leftist American Jews, but sort of more liberal mainstream American Jews become more comfortable with criticizing Israel. Um, this is because they have the most far-right government in the history of the country, right? This is because they say horrific things not only about Palestinians, but also about, you know, gay people and reformed Jews and, I mean, and a, a whole range of things. And so it, one thing that was interesting to me is that on October 7th, you had all of these groups and, and elected officials who for over the past year had been quite critical of the Israeli government say, just full stop, we stand with Israel. Um and I think what we have seen in the month since is people sort of trying to figure out for themselves what that means, right? Does that mean, and thus I need to stand with this Israeli government, even if it's the same government that I spent the last year criticizing? Does that mean, you know, I call for Netanyahu's resignation, but I don't think there should be a ceasefire? Does that mean I stand with the Israelis who are calling for a ceasefire and who are calling for a release of the hostages? So that's, I think, what we've seen in the past, and sort of in the past several decades and also in the past um, month. The one other thing that I wanted to mention, um, I, I this did not make, I wrote a piece for the New Republic on how, basically how Jewish members of Congress are not calling for a ceasefire and Jewish Hill staffers are, uh, or some are, um, 
albeit anonymously, uh, because of <laughs> they don't actually have the same power that elected members do. And we can talk about that, that, you know, that sort of power gap. But um, an interview that did not make it into the piece was by uh, Mark Dolinger, was with Mark Dolinger, who's the author of like incredible works on 20th century American Jewishness, including um, Black Power Jewish Politics. And he basically, you know, we were talking about.